0: Visit the Bedfred Sportsbook at I-270 and MD-85 in Frederick, right next to Longshot's Off-Track Betting. Go to BedfredSports.com for more information and your chance to win exclusive merchandise. Must be 21 or older. Play responsibly. For help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.
1: Hey, this is George Lynch from Lynch Mob, Dokken, and a whole bunch of other bands, and you're listening to Cobras on Fire, Rock is Not Dead.
2: listening To the Cobras and Fire Podcast. Today we welcome back to the program a true bona fide guitar hero, George Lynch.
3: Another dirty morning in the city.
0: Trying to keep my distance from the rats.
3: Zombies stare, this place is
2: I'm joined by guitarist George Lynch, a man of many projects. One of them is the End Machine. Their album Phase Two is out and available everywhere on Frontiers Records right now. And of course, you just wrapped up running a sub four minute mile. I, I assume.
1: Okay, nobody reads by posts. I swear to God. <laughs> I, I, you know, I think I think it's my job on social media <laughs> as an older cat that doesn't know what the fuck he's doing to be entertaining. So. And one of my things is I like to, like, uh, you know, I like to uh, exaggerate and lie and just but not in any, any harmful way. I don't lie about it. I wasn't like,
2: sure if court. I should call bullshit on that or not. I don't know. Well, uh, I
1: wrote it right under there. I said uh, a little disclaimer. It's a disclaimer. I lie about everything all the time for okay. entertainment purposes only. Do not take this seriously. You know, uh, all the <laughs> stuff I wrote. Nobody, re- it's just like, dude no I couldn't run a four minute mile if my fucking life depended on it um, I, I went back out after all that and I did a, I timed it and I ran a 10 minute mile which mm. is pretty I mean that's about me I was pushing it I'd never timed myself doing a mile before as far as I can remember I didn't even know what, what you spoke what the average was but apparently that's that's okay but anyways
2: I would need so something with wheels to hit the 10 minute mark I think uh but, yeah, you know, at least a pair of rollerblades or something. I don't know. Oh. Well, you're in pretty good shape. It's like, well, that's, yeah, yeah maybe. Well, other other than that, how are things? You're noodling away there. Uh, which guitar are you playing? Kamikaze. Okay. You know, I was thinking about how to introduce you. I thought it'd be fun. I don't Maybe not so fun for you. But can, can you name every band or project that you've recorded with? Hmm. Uh, maybe sequentially.
1: I don't know. So that's a that's a test in the house. It's like a DMB test. <laughs> uh, you want to give her hell? Let's see. Uh, Laura Lay, Tungus Grump, the Boys, Exciter, Dockin, Lynch Mob, um. Then it starts to get difficult. <laughs> yeah. LP. Um. Oh, shit. Yeah. TNN. Uh, the Ed Machine. KXM. Ultraphonics. Project Infidelica. Sweet and Lynch. The Banishment. Lynch Mob, of course, which I already said. Um. Did I miss something? And no. Dirty Shirley. Yeah. There's probably some other little ones in there I'm forgetting about, but whatever.
2: Well, that was pretty impressive, they're... though, huh? Mm-hmm. You know, for a guy who can run a sub-four-minute mile, <laughs> you know?
1: Right. Well, that's why I have to run it that fast so I can
2: get to the project <laughs> in time. Hey, you, you mentioned The Boys. That was a band in the 70s. Were they managed by Kim Fowley? I, I stumbled across that, but I'm not sure I, I, if that's accurate.
1: <laughs> uh no i didn't actually manage us he was we were uh sort of in bed with him for a little bit but but Mm. but but what he wanted us to do was not something that all of us felt comfortable with and that was to be a living breathing space band and walk around (laughs) like zoltar uh, x and with our space language with foil hats on our heads at all times and didn't care what our music, you know, Kit Valley didn't care anything about the music. You know, I didn't give a fuck what you play, what chords. I don't know anything about music. It doesn't matter. It's all about the image. That's all I care about. So and that's not what we were about. So it didn't work out.
3: And
2: have you ever seen, the the Rock of Ages movie or the play? No. One of the, the side bands in there is called The Boys with a Z. I thought it was interesting. huh <laughs> Oh, that's cool. the boys played a showcase for gene simmons I, I read too is that accurate uh yes you got any cool gene stories
1: yeah he made us change up. he was kind of like kim Fowley in that way he like he was just like all well, about the image and I, and you guys all all your names suck you need new names <laughs> so he made us all new names and uh i became adam wolf oh
2: uh
1: so, or no no the singer became adam wolf i became john lynx j-o-n-l-y-n-x hmm. um i think i think Mick, or or, or the bass the base player was Nikki Thunders, and and, and and no, 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 I think Mick was Nikki, Nikki Thunders. And the bass player was Trevor Rocks, with two X's.
2: I was going to ask, of course.
1: Yeah, and, it, and that lasted for a couple of days, and then we changed our names back to our real names.
2: Did you ever have any run-ins with Gene after Dokken kind of made it, and then talked to him about that at all?
1: Yeah, we did a freaking tour with him.
2: Right, but did you ever bring up like, hey, you remember when you wanted to change my name to Adam Links or, or John Links or whatever it was?
1: I'm sure I did, but I don't remember exactly oh, yeah. how that all went down. But yeah, I did read some. Uh, you know, I don't really normally read rock bioc, bio whatever they're called, Biographer. books about. Yeah, but um, uh, I did read that the the Van Halen one about the early days of Van Halen it was pretty mm. interesting. There was a thing in there where Gene just makes a very quick mention about us being the band. that was that he actually came to see okay. a second time with, with ACE and about talking about signing us, but he doesn't really discuss that in the book, but which was the case, but um, then unfortunately Van Halen came out after us and they just shifted gears and went and, you know, got in bed, with Van Halen. But, uh, but his mention in the book was just, yeah, Cider was on that too. And they sucked. <laughs> and that, that's all he said.
2: You know so oh so that would have been exciter that that was your gene was checking Uh
1: out. yeah I think he I think the first time he saw us uh, we might have been the boys at Gazari's, and he liked us and talked to us and then uh we said well we're playing starwood and I think by that time we'd changed our name to exciter and got a different singer
2: about what time frame is this it's like 77
1: maybe I can't oh, remember
2: yeah, fair enough You know, um, the last time we talked, uh, since then, there's obviously been the the whole country being locked down and live music basically was put on hold. Um, What what sort of adjustments did did you personally make as far as, you know, compensating for any, like, I don't know, time or income or scheduling?
1: Uh, Well, I stayed real busy in the studio. I've stayed busy here doing lots of projects, lots of recordings, sometimes outside recordings and people hire me to do... uh, you know uh, labels hire me to play guitar on other people's records mm-hmm. or uh, you know independent artists will ask me to write a song or play guitar or solo or you know so i do a lot of that Not, i mean a fair amount of that and then um uh, of course i've got my own projects which we know you know you know about mm-hmm. and, and so i've done a lot of that um, did a lot of records in the last few years you know average three records now al- uh three albums a year <laughs> that's writing and recording so um uh, and then uh i've got my mr scary guitar business which is i've had for about eight years now and that's uh we just moved into a new shop built a new shop and spray booth and getting some things together there and so uh, that's been doing really well and i have all my endorsers esp guitars uh, arcane pickups and, and and different things so that that keeps me busy and then um you know, I've just uh, got a big family, so uh, that keeps me busy. And um, we try to stay, uh, you know, we try to stay outside. We're kind of outside, you know, backpackers, adventures, road tripping, camping, you know, whatever it is. Uh, we do a ton of that. So,
2: And, and in California was one of the hardest lockdown states. Did that uh, put a damper on any of that stuff?
1: Well, sure it did. You know, the fires did too. Oh, yeah. Uh, but. Um, yeah, it definitely made it much more challenging. Everything was shut down, which I never really got that. I mean, shutting down a, a national forest—that doesn't seem like it's going to solve anything at all. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't want you actually climbing up that mountain. That's yeah, you know, it might be <laughs> COVID up that mountain. I mean, that's crazy. But um, anyways, that's what we had to deal with, and it was between the fires and and the lockdowns. It was very challenging and tough to do anything.
2: They did change the policy locally here on the, cause they, they shut down the state parks, not too far into the lockdown. They're like, well, we probably don't need to have these closed, but, um, where, where is this? Uh, just in Min- the state of Minnesota, the, you know, throughout oh. the state. So. Uh, well, how far were you from the fires? Is it, uh, was it like troublesome? I know it was pretty bad there.
1: Oh yeah. It was insane. I mean, it was, and it's the, it's the worst stuff to breathe. I mean, you know, so we had to install help filters in our vehicles on our home, and at home basically stay inside. You can't go out and exercise. You can't go out and hike. You can't, and even getting out of it, you know, was, I mean, these fires were, uh, you know, sending smoke as far as East as Colorado and beyond. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you know, you're talking just a couple day drive just to get out of it. We could not find cl- clean air anywhere. You know, it was really, uh, really kind of nightmarish. Yeah. Very apocalyptic. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> You, you never uh were forced to evacuate or anything like that though
1: uh, we've come close a couple of times as we we're on the kind of the edge of civilization out here so right. um, yeah and we also have a property in out in the desert which there was a hundred square mile fire and it did burn our roof and we were locked out of the property and we couldn't even get close and so um yeah yeah there, there's been times when we've thought we're real close to packing up the guitars and the, and the animals and skedaddling but uh, yeah. uh never never been hit except for that one time in the desert But we just yeah we had to we had to rebuild the house actually <laughs> that's <laughs> that pretty turned, real Yeah, damage the roof and which led to a bunch of other problems so
2: um well and I, and not not quite a serious note but still kind of a bummer the uh the Lynch Mob uh, opening for Dockin' tour was canceled because of COVID. Uh, you, you've since decided to stop using the Lynch Mob name, if I got that right, but are you still going to do some sort of tour with Docking at, at some point?
1: Yeah, yeah. We're, we've got a show coming up together in June. I don't know what I'm calling the band yet, but... <laughs>
2: yeah, and for anybody that doesn't know, you want to elaborate on on what the, your reasoning for uh, basically dumping the name?
1: Oh, well, very obvious, right?
2: I think so, but, you know...
1: Uh, yeah, it's more surprising to me that I held on to it for as long as I did, considering, you know, kind of my worldview and belief system. I just sort of just kind of looked the other way and rationalized it. But then as things have heated up to the point that they have now, I just, yeah. you know, which is the wrong reason to. I mean, it's never the wrong reason to do the right thing, but I, you know, um, I follow you. Conflicted, you know. I mean, I get it, okay, it is my name and all that, but that that's no excuse. You know, so I, I feel like a burden has been lifted a bit. So uh, so you're
2: going to kind of uh, rename the entity <laughs> just so you can kind of represent the music? Is that what the plan is?
1: Uh, Well, I, I was thinking George Lynch and the band, but the hmm. band being like your band from something, you know, because the, the band oh, is just... So-
2: like George Thurgood and the Destroyers?
1: Right, you're just so... You're so badass that people just like. Sorry, these guys are just too insane. We can't have them here because they're too good. So George <laughs> I'm from the band. I don't know. I think that's kind of cool.
2: All right. I,
1: I have I have a few other. I have Band of Flakes. There's another one I like, and the New West, and, and I don't know. So I'm 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 undecided at this point.
2: Fair enough. Uh, uh, I was lo- I was looking for a scoop, George, but uh, you know, you're, I guess I'll just have to move on. Uh.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, well, I don't. You know. <laughs> you know, I don't even have a I don't have a band yet, so I gotta. Do yeah, fair that.
2: enough. Well, something else I saw on social media that I probably got wrong. You recently tweeted that making the Dream Warriors video was literally a nightmare, and it was on Elm Street where you actually. Well, I
1: don't. I don't tweet. I have a social media person okay. that handles everything. The only thing that I uh, interact with is Instagram. Okay. Um, but I don't, I've never tweeted in my life, so I don't know where that came from.
2: So what, well, did you enjoy making the dream warriors video then?
1: <laughs> um, you know, I mean, I don't know if enjoy is the word. I mean, it wasn't anything about it. That was particularly not enjoyable. It was just, uh, you know, videos are very boring to make. They take yeah. forever. You know, it's like 15 hours of sitting around mostly. And, um,
2: well, you, you, know, you did one video uh, uh, on a volcano. Was that Just Got Lucky? I'm drawing a blank here.
1: That was probably the coolest video piece I've ever been involved in. That was amazing. <laughs> yeah, that was a happy accident, uh, almost an unhappy accident. Yeah. So, that yeah, that, that me and a crew flew in a little private Cessna with a couple of cameras and hoofed it to an area of the volcano. Uh, Volcano National Park that we weren't supposed to be in and little did we know that it was getting ready to erupt and nobody could find us to tell us because we weren't where we were supposed to be so um, yeah that was and then once we got up and I've I've never seen this footage since we did it and I wish they would find it but uh, Wayne Isham I think was a photographer I should probably get a hold of him and see if he has it but they circle we, we sat in the plane for like an hour and circled the eruption at night because we got down off the mountain just as it was getting dark. Okay. And then hopped in the plane, and when we took off, it blew sky high, and then we just, you know, flew around it and, and videotaped. It was just, it should have been, that footage should have been in the video.
2: <laughs> was it always meant that you were going to be there, or was there kind of like a drawing straws kind of thing?
1: I guess that was my my thing. I got uh, I got picked to be, I don't know, maybe the band knew something, I, I, I didn't know. <laughs> You're trying to boot me.
2: Uh,
1: I, I, there was an re- interview
2: you did pretty recently here where it, it came out that uh, Don dropped the news that he was basically breaking up the band right before the Monsters of Rock tour. Uh, I'm just curious, how did you? How do you go on from that? I mean, it's like, all right, guys, let's go tour.
1: Yeah, I, I, it mystifies me to this day why somebody would... You know, timing is the worst possible timing you can imagine. I, I don't understand
2: did you but, ever uh, consider quitting?
1: No, I mean it's you know it was our it was our thing that we did you know together. Mm-hmm. I thought that was, we, we should have been more. Like what I thought, you know, we all should have just been real happy with where we'd gotten. We finally achieved uh, uh, to that point where you want to get to in a band, which is a one in a trillion shot. And the last thing you want to do is blow it up.
2: <laughs> you yeah, what you think? All
1: this hard, you know, to get here in ten years and all your lifetime before that that led to all this. Uh, who you are and uh you know for uh one person to just uh do that and destroy destroy it for everyone is just uh mystifying to me i, I don't get i mean i get it it's just based on you know greed but <laughs> money yeah <laughs> yeah but uh, yeah hey there's enough money for everybody You're well right you
2: think so but uh uh, well, that leads me to wonder that song "Walk Away" then that was the, the 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 bonus track or whatever you call it on the on the live record that came out. W- was that something you guys had already recorded, or did you actually regroup and write a new tune with all that hanging over you? I don't remember. That's
1: so long ago. I don't know the timeline.
2: Hey, let me ask you this: what some some uh, some people get kind of prickly from your ear. What is, what is your thoughts on the term hair metal? You you hate it or don't
1: care? Well, I mean, generally, it's not a genre that you look at too seriously, you know, even though it was the one that allowed me to have a career. Yeah. Um, So I, you know, I respect it in that sense that, you know, it's what got me here. But um, I mean, you know, there are, there are bands from that genre that I, that I really, really like. Um, Rat being one, you know, Mm. I, I like rat. I love their songs and I love Warren and I just like what they do, you know, what they did back then. So, I don't know, there's a few things that I like about it, but generally, you know, I'm a product of the 60s and 70s. And that's where my uh, my heroes are from, from from those eras.
2: I mean, it was a pretty outrageous time. Was there what would you what do you think of when I say what was one of the most over the top things you were involved in? As far as what I don't know, just uh, promotion, staging, music videos, anything, anything that, uh, that maybe you, you look back and go, oh boy.
1: Uh, probably missing something obvious here, but uh, just off the top of my head, uh, when I had the uh, great idea to uh, put myself in a harness and an angel, uh, angel suit, or angel, <laughs> you know. Halloween outfit, whatever you call it, you know, with a halo and a wand and wings, and uh, and have the crew uh, pull me up on a pulley system, pull me up into the lighting scaffold, and hang over the audience and <laughs> feathers down on the audience side—a pillowcase full of feathers. And <laughs> what that was was that was the end of the tour, and you fuck with the with the other bands, you know. Got it. Kind of a thing that everybody does. So we thought, oh man, how are they gonna beat this? You know, it was Aerosmith that we were opening up for, so we were fucking with Aerosmith. So, you know, they're playing their last song or whatever, and I'm now up in the rafters flying flying around above them throwing feathers on the stage, you know, and which wasn't really a terrible thing to do to a band, but it was funny, you know. Yeah. Uh, but what Aerosmith how they got us back was their crew overpowered our crew and they tied me off up there.
3: <laughs>
1: now there's a hundred thousand, you know, Watts of lights that are, then I'm just, I'm sitting up there, you know, a hundred, 200 feet in the air melting and just wanting to get down. And the whole audience is just laughing at me. So how that went. How long were you left up there? Too long, but I mean, it wasn't crazy long, but yeah, yeah. it was, it wasn't uh, a little scary. It probably seemed longer than it was. <laughs> yeah. All right.
2: Hey, uh, I wanted to tell you that uh, I was looking at that um, that lynch mob high gain add on for Marshall amps. That thing, um, uh, that that thing looks sick. First of all, but I've never even seen something like that where it's 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 not a permanent mod. You know what I mean? That way you can kind of, if you want to retain the integrity of the original amp, you can still do something like that. Uh, I I don't really don't even have a question there, George. I just think it looks pretty awesome. <laughs>
1: And it sounds better than it looks. Yeah? Yeah, it is really. I mean, I'm, of course I'm going to say that, but I mean, it, it really is one of those things where you're like, fuck, this gets you there. You know, it's like just where, where all us guitar players want to go. You know, you just, you want that extra little push, but, you know, it's just always, it seems like you're always giving up something when you when you do something like that. Like you plug in a tube screamer, you step on it, you lose all your low end. Yeah. You get the gain you want, but you lose the low end. So, you know, uh, that doesn't work.
2: That's right. It's got that little switch to kind of, you know, depending on the what you're running through, maybe you want to bass boost a little bit
1: to help with that. Yeah, yeah. It's got the bass cut, boost thing. Um, but, but either way he said it, I mean, you just can't go wrong. I mean, it just pretty much, you know. Uh, it sounds good no matter what you do. So it, it's it's uh, I'm really proud to be part of that because it, it, I mean oh you should see all the testimonials and people's emails and all that they just over the top you know really happy with it so that that makes it feel good.
2: But it'll only work on Marshalls, is that right?
1: Uh, well, there's a list. Uh, uh okay. Yeah, that you can refer to. We send you a list of everything.
2: Well, um, the end. The End Machine Phase Two is out now on Frontier Records. When when you you do so much work, like you said, three albums a year. Uh, when you finish an album, do you sit with it at all, or do you move right on to the next thing?
1: Well, right right to the next thing, if there is a next thing. Um, you know, the last couple months there hasn't been, uh, there hasn't been a lot going on recording wise for me after I finished the uh, the End Machine and the Banishment. I uh, was we're, mm-hmm. we're actually mixing, we're finishing up the mixing on the Banishment right now.
2: Do you get involved in the mixing typically?
1: Um, to a certain extent, but I'm, you know, Hayes is the is the engineer, programmer, mixer. So, I mean, that's his thing. But, uh, no, I mean, we're just, you know, we're Singer and I and Hayes are all talking about the mixes every day, listening and tweaking, you know, making changes in and decisions and arrangement decisions and sounds and things like that. But, you know, Hayes is the guy with his hands on the knobs.
2: A lot of these frontier things are kind of, everybody's kind of spread out, but you've known Jeff for a long time and you've worked with Robert. Did, uh, was, was songwriting done, uh, like in
1: person on this or, uh, as far as the writing? Well, yeah. normally we do, but right? With pandemic, no, pandemic, we had to work remotely, which worked out great. I mean, we started out working together. I, Jeff and I are very close to each other, so we will work at either, you know, we'll come to each other's house, work at each other's home studios, but, uh, we started out like that and then it just got, Started, uh, you know, getting to the point where we couldn't anymore. So uh, we had to learn how to do the uh, yeah. remote recording, <laughs> and it was actually—I really actually—they uh, were saying there's some things about or, or working remotely that I prefer to the traditional way, such as uh, it really seem a little. Uh, it seemed like I can be a little more focused mm. because there's uh, less distractions. Uh, you know, you don't have kids coming in, wives coming in or getting phone calls or, you know, you just, um, you focused on the work. All right right on.
2: Um, did, uh, did Robert handle the, uh, the lyrics and melodies or were, were did you guys work on that?
1: Uh, we all did. We, yeah, we, we, so Jeff and I, you know, got all the music laid out and arranged and then written and arranged. And then, then we brought Robert in and the three of us just sat here every day for, I would say uh, a week and a half probably about maybe about 10 sessions you know good few hours each of just all sitting here with a note notepad and a pen in hand and uh banging it out you know what is what's the concept what are we singing about what's the what's the you know and what we you know what's the melody here for the hook hmm. uh and uh we try different things and Robert you know could just try it right on the spot you know or he could sing it or Jeff's a great singer. Jeff could sing it and, or, or, and and I even was, you know, I'm not a singer, but I, uh, I can get an idea across somewhat, you know? So that's what we did. And then we thought, well, what's the concept? What's, what's this about? And, and, but the the main thing that was driving the writing was we need hooks, you know, we, we need to have a big, uh, you know, uh, something that's memorable and, 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 uh, you know, it's just simple and people can digest. And is it challenging?
2: Well, thanks so much for your time, George. I, again, the end machine phase two is out now everywhere on Frontiers Records. You can find it pretty much whenever you stream or or purchase these things. I see there's some vinyl options on it too, is, if you're into that stuff. A mm-hmm. um, couple standout tracks from my end. I just wanted to say I love Crack the Sky, Blood and Money, and that opening riff to Shine Your Light is pretty badass too. But um. Well, oh, thank you. And uh, of course, uh, you, you are one of my childhood heroes. So it's always a pleasure talking to you. Um, and because of uh, well, be, I'm talking to someone of your 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 ilk. Um, I, I wanted to ask you. You know, we we lost a, a guitar hero, in Eddie Van Halen, last October. Uh, I just want to know if you had any thoughts or memories. I don't know how well you knew him or if at all. But uh, just uh, what was his impact for for George? I guess.
1: Oh, it, 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 it uh, impacted all of us tremendously. That that was a hard one. That was, you know, hit really close to home. And of course, we did know each other and, you know, we weren't best friends or anything. But, mm-hmm. you know, in our professional careers and coming up in the uh, so, SoCal, you know, hard rock music scene, we were both hanging out and playing together and ran at each other. And, you know, uh, we had interactions and then, uh, you know, we did the Monsters of Rock tour together and and, and, and we hung out. Hung out a lot on that one. We basically, uh, you know, the nights that Valerie wasn't out, we would go out and just hang in the hotel room, and play all night and drink beers and do that kind of shit. And then uh, uh, it was kind of funny. I did a thing at Henson Studios yesterday for um, some recording I was doing, and I had four cabinets lined up, and we were kind of decide which cabinet sounded the best. And and uh, so they they opened up the back of one of the, my cabinet I had bought in from Eddie back in the late 70s or early 80s. I can't remember exactly when he went to the flag system cabinets and he had these, uh, he had these Marshall 412s that had the Tolex all taken off of them. They had the JBLs, half JBLs, half Celestians. That's what he used on the first couple of records. And, uh, and I bought one of those from him. I hadn't thought about it for years and I had it in there and I go, this is my Eddie cabinet. And they go, can we look inside? And they opened it up and they're going, Holy shit. Eddie'd signed his name in there and everything. Oh, and yeah so i just i just got that i had no idea so it was a kind of a surprise
2: that's amazing
1: gift so you know i mean he is a big influence on me and everyone else so you know part of his is uh the way he looked at music uh, you know uh you know has uh been reflected in, in in many other players playing obviously we just paint it all paint incorporating what he did and in our own personal way and playing it forward I guess we
2: Oh nice, all the best George it's always a pleasure
1: Alright, take care, bye. bye
0: You made your first mistake
1: Looks uh, like I, I got another interview. Okay. Can you hold on one second while I click sure. over. Hold on a second. So, yeah, um, he's going to call me back in a couple minutes.
0: Okay. Maryland sports fans, there's only one sports book in the great state of Maryland with over 50 years' experience booking bets and supporting customers. Bet Fred Sportsbook at Long Shots is now open and is the only sports book in Frederick offering cash betting on football, basketball, world soccer, and more.